That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, there, YouTube finally decided to cooperate. There we go. All right. We are live. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 208, your once weekly mm. live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. And if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some shout outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do, consider going over to craftcomputing.store, picking up some merch, or subscribing to the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. They do hang out quite a bit. They're always there. Always there. Always Constantly. watching. They keep texting me and texting me. No, there's <laughs> Yep. Great group of people over there. No, they are. They are really great. William's got a dragon's milk going on today. You know what? Ooh, dragon's I was, milk. Uh, We're thinking about getting one of those. I, I almost snagged a dragon's milk tonight. So. Never a bad choice, that one, Eric. Yeah. Dragon's milk is absolutely delicious. Yep. Yep. Uh, Steve, what are you drinking this fine evening? Well, uh, I think I'm going to go the route of the IPA this evening. Well, mostly IPA, I should say. Yep. Um, so for first, I have a Kaleidoscope. Now, this is a beer by uh, Celestial Beer Works, and they're from uh, Texas. They're in Texas. Mm. Dallas, Texas, I believe. And it is a double india pale ale i don't think i don't think this is a uh hazy this is just a standard ipa but it's got a, a hop in there i've never seen before uh it's hopped with uh, galaxy and Rakau, i think r-a-k-a-u and victoria's secret i've had galaxy and victoria's secret but the Rakau, i've never yeah that's never heard of that that's one a before. new one for me yeah i know that there's a whole bunch of new ones that keep coming out but that's a new one and Next, I have Synonymous, which is a New England, a hazy. Ooh. It's by uh, Kushwa Brewing Company. And this has just got your standard Citra and Eldorado hops in there. Um, but it's a highly, highly rated beer. I'm not too sure where Kushwa's at. Maryland, maybe, I think? Hmm. Yeah, that's another one I'm not familiar with. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, I know neither by it was, it was a Travor uh, purchase. Okay. So, you know, I got it from there. Um, and, uh, last but not least, I decided to totally mix it up and not even have a beer, uh, for my last one. If we get to the last one, cause sometimes we don't, Yep. uh, is a, a cosmic crisp cider, which is an Imperial cider. I haven't nice. had a cider in a long time and it sounded good. It's made with cosmic crisp apples, which I've never had a cosmic crisp apple nice i've had golden delicious and you know golden crisps and you know, whatever but i've never heard of cosmic crisps. one of these days i need to figure out why zoom puts this little preview window <laughs> it's floating every freaking yeah. time i forget to remove it and every freaking time i go to this view it's on this like 
I already have it full screen. I don't need to see mm-hmm. me. I don't need to see, like stop it. <laughs> Just <laughs> go away. <laughs> Every dang time. Uh tonight I figured, you know what? It's November. Let's mm-hmm. break out the stouts. It's stout it's season. November. Stout Vember. It is Stout Vember. Uh, yes. Probably not for very long, but at least today is going to be Stout Vember mm-hmm. for me. Uh, yeah. So I've got two stouts up in front of me today. First up, uh, a pretty standard release here in Oregon that uh, shows up about the last two months of the year, every single year. That is Fort George's Kavatica Stout. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And pre- it is a good one. pretty much an example of what just a standard stout should be Mm -hmm. uh if you are a brewery small brewery big brewery this is what you aim for before you do anything else yeah uh and to put that claim to the test uh i have another oregon brewery in crux brewing uh i have the new crux stout which i had never seen before uh Uh, is that a is that a new label because i could have swore they had a stout before i I've had a lot of crux. I've had a lot of crux. I, I don't ever recall having a, a stout from them. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, 7.7%. So, you know, entry-level dark beer territory. Let me see. Let me check untapped here. Crux. Have we tried any coffee beers? Uh, not only have we tried, like, coffee-infused uh, stouts and whatnot, Rogue makes a, uh, a gosh, a cold brew IPA. That's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yes. No, we we are lovers of coffee and beer oh, yeah. and coffee beer, as it turns coffee out beers over are here. Excellent. Yes. I've made I've made several coffee stouts before in the past, too. Yep. With mitigating success. Some of it's good. Some of it's... One of them turned sour. Yep. A coffee beer that turned sour. Uh, Inderjeet uh, says we need to review the Romulan Ale or Cardassian Cardassian Canar. Uh, what I will say is I've had a couple different variants of the Romulan Ale before. I don't think I've had the current one that's going around because um, there's like a six pack of like malt liquor Romulan Ale. I don't expect too much out of it other than the fact that it's blue. Um, but uh, I do have two bottles of the Canar coming from StarTrekWines.com. Nice. Uh, so I will be trying the Canar at some point. I've also got, still have a bottle of Klingon blood wine up here. So, so actually I, I looked it up and uh, it looks like the Crux Stout, because I had it before, mm-hmm. but in nitro and at Crux Brewery. So I wonder if they just the finally thing. started canning it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and I, I appeared to have liked it. I gave it four and I said, it's like the Fast and the Furious, but in beer form. <laughs> So <laughs> that was not your first it's, beer review of the night, was it, Steve? Uh, no, <laughs> it's like family. When you drink it, it's like family. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, I Hobgoblin uh, sends over five uh, euros. Five euros. Hi, Jeff. I'm drinking Glenlivet First Fill 12 Year Single Malt Scotch. I do love a good Glenlivet Scotch. They are typically one of my go-to's, especially in the like. I don't want to spend. $80, but I still want like a solid single malt or, you know, Glenlivet 12 or something like that. Those are one of my go-to bottles. So that sounds delicious. And I hope you enjoy. Uh, Andrew's drinking GTS Synergy Trilogy Kombucha. 
Um, nice. I saw Ricky. Oh, Ricky Spanish. By the way, I freaking love that name. Ricky <laughs> Spanish. Uh, coffee EMS dispatching right now. So yeah, coffee. Good on you. Good. Uh, Emil's drinking a gin and tonic. Jason's got an iced tea going on. Uh, Michael's got a 14.75% eggnog. That sounds amazing. Wow, that sounds nice. Uh, I actually cracked open the first bottle of eggnog here at the house uh, literally Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I personally like eggnog too. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I guess the brand that I got is just a little too heavy on the nutmeg. It was yeah. like very nutmeggy forward hmm. so which one I think did I might you go get? back to do you, do you remember uh it was it wasn't the lucerans i think it was the alpenrose okay yeah i can't remember yeah um so yeah i i uh first one i cracked open was the uh uh evan williams eggnog uh oh yeah the Evan williams yeah stuff. you you can get it in just about any uh liquor store it's about ten dollars for a fifth of it um mm. it goes quick because you pour tall glasses of it so you know you'll you'll essentially get two pints if you pour it in pints uh but uh fantastic way to start the season uh costco dropped their eggnog this last week so i came home with three bottles of that because mm -hmm. and it's good for you too right and low in calories right exactly <laughs> like if i'm gonna drink i might as well uh <laughs> All right. So we're starting out with the Fort George Cavatica Stout, which I believe is, is 8.2, I want to say. It's it's also not a 8.8. .8. Yeah, it's it's also not a super heavy stout. Yeah, it's not it's not like overly roasty. Right. It definitely has some roasty malt flavors which are very well balanced. If I remember right, Crux has the nitro and the blonde stout as well. You know, I do remember hearing something about the blonde stout, but I've, again, I've never seen it in can form. And, and I've personally never gotten over to the Crux brewery. So, Oh, no, Crux, that's when I go to Bend. Yeah. That's like my number one destination. Oh, I've been to like... I always hit up Crux. I've been to like seven or eight breweries over in Bend, if not more. Mm -hmm. uh, but Crux is just one that I've never, oh, never swung man. into. And, and it's not... Yeah. Was not not my intention to skip them. It just yeah yeah. There's seven or eight or twelve other breweries worth going to on a, oh, yeah. a weekend trip. There's tons. Well, they they have they have that Bend Ale Trail. Yeah. That's sponsored by I think uh, the Chamber of Commerce, where you can like stamp and get, you know, stamp every every brewery you visit. Right. And then you get some kind of prize at the end. Uh, I don't know what the prize is anymore. When I did it, it was like some silicone glass that made the beer taste funny whenever you tried to use it. It was not, it was not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did it. I did. I went and hit all the breweries, all the breweries at the time. Yeah. Now, uh, I think there's probably at least four or five more. Oh, at least. Yeah. I haven't hit. Yeah, at least. Uh, one thing I love about the Crux or about the uh, Fort George, that head. Mm -hmm. I mean. Oh yeah, that nice. Just creamy, creamy you know. stands up on its own. Yep. I mean, it's stick a stick a fork in its stout. It's at least half inch above the rim of the glass. Mm -hmm. So, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's go ahead yeah. and dive into the news. Uh, starting with that, Microsoft is getting into the video and audio editing business inside of Microsoft Office. Which is kind of weird. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess when they were talking, I read the article, I've read the article, yeah. but 
some of it kind of makes sense. Uh, so like one of the you know examples they give, you're making a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. Now you can pre-record the audio, and then so you can have the audio edit, and you edit the audio with the slide uh, advancements and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, for people who don't want to have to, if you give a live demonstration, then you like have the audio edited with the thing mm-hmm. uh, afterwards that you can distribute to people. Okay, I get something like that. Having the controls in there like that, uh, built into it, makes sense. Um, but it's not, it's not like I'm gonna like edit a video in Microsoft Excel or anything like that. I mean, right. I can see the application in some things, but not all Office products. Right. Um, I will say, I I I read this article and then I I got to thinking, going, what what is Microsoft trying to accomplish here? Yeah. Um, because this kind of entry isn't exactly like firing across the bow of Adobe or, no. or Apple or anything no. like that. No. Um, no. I mean, even Microsoft Office has taken a massive hit as far as user base in the last 10 years with yeah. the, the advent of Google Drive and, and some other mm-hmm. oh, yeah. non-centralized uh, applications of the, set, of the sort. But I'm, I'm just not quite sure what they're aiming at here. Because yeah, I, yes, I'm not Power, too sure PowerPoint is still used. Excel is yeah. still used. Yeah. Uh, but while they had a pretty decent entry into entry level video uh, editing with Windows mm-hmm. Movie Maker and Movie Maker Two, right. um, yeah. those really haven't been around since Vista. Uh, yeah, and I, no one's exactly clamoring for Microsoft to enter that field either. No. No. So, yeah, I'm yeah, just not quite. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what this article kind of baffled me because I was trying to come up with a use case mm-hmm. for it. Um, and I really couldn't think of anything that made sense to me. I guess the PowerPoint thing does make sense, um, but the rest of it doesn't really. I mean, the article does go on to say is it's not just uh, editing, video editing tools and sound editing mm-hmm. tools that they're putting into it. Um, I guess they're doing some more context-sensitive uh, AI experiences. Um, so, like, you know, with an Outlook, if you're going to be uh, uh, setting up a meeting and you already have your invites, mm-hmm. it will suggest a time based on, you know, everybody else's calendar to see who's free. It's like, hey, we suggest this time because everybody's free, you know, stuff like that. Um, and another thing that that I thought was like, okay, it's about time, uh, is they are actually putting in JavaScript for the back end, uh, development back end for Excel, hmm. which for the longest time they've had uh, VBA, right? which is pretty rudimentary. It's not, I, I mean, I've seen some people do some real impressive stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, but it's very limited but, in, in what you can you But can it's do called it. Visual Basic. Yeah, Visual yeah. Basic for applications. <laughs> that's, what be, right. that's what the A stands right. for. Right. Or the applications. Right. So, um, yeah, having JavaScript integrated in there, it could do some really powerful stuff with it. Uh, I'm kind of surprised it gonna... took this long to integrate JavaScript because JavaScript is already a backbone of uh, how Microsoft saves their documents and yeah. and and keeps formatting when you save. Uh, the difference between uh, saving a .doc and a .docx is that a .docx is saved using JavaScript and well. It's it's in insides it's innards mm-hmm. with both both uh, Excel and uh, uh, and Word. Word right they're just XML files inside mm-hmm. there if you actually take a uh, 
XLSX or docx file, mm -hmm. rename it to .zip, you can open it up and look at its guts. Yeah. Um, you can go inside there and edit it if you if you dare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like even even third party uh, like tools that are used for generating uh, Word documents and uh, Excel documents, they're just XML markup language libraries that basically just spit it out in their format. Yeah. And JavaScript is used to manipulate that. So right. Yeah, I thought for sure they would go away from VBA and go like integrate maybe C sharp with it, which is their more popular language. Right. But or I don't know. Or even go PowerShell and just just bash ahead with it. But <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I, I've always been confused on why. Well, sorry. No, let me back up. I know why they haven't updated from VBA as far as their API backend goes. And it's because, have you ever ran like Microsoft Office 1.0 or 2.0? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Old, old They're school. strikingly similar. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, think, I think what it is is a lot of backwards compatible support. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people did a lot of VBA integration with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to strip it out entirely. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be foolish. But to have a separate language that's going to be a little more powerful, I think, yeah. makes more sense. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I know my brother-in-law at one point had written a VBA program that would use Excel as a backend for D&D uh, &D character creation. Uh, oh, yeah. And you just click a button. Click a button, and it'll tell you, you know, if your stats are, are within the rules. And when, like, he programmed the entirety of the rules and spat out an Excel form that you could type your character stats into, and it says either approved or denied. And it'll tell you why, you know, if you're over in some stats. And yeah, yeah um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. using VBA. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, VBA is, it's all right. It's just, I've, I've done stuff with it before in the past. Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be making the groundbreaking application with it, right? I think it's good because people are. When you work in an office, and you got the lady working at the front desk, they're they're comfortable with Excel. Mm -hmm. So, writing something around Excel, they're like, "Oh, I know how to use this," right. and then, then they're more comfortable to use it. Where you write something from the ground up, you're like, "I, I hate this." Yep, yep, yep. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to, uh, I don't remember if we talked specifically about Team Executor, uh, in the past. Uh, I know there's been some news around this. Uh, so Team Executor is a group of people who got very well known for circumventing, uh, piracy controls on the Nintendo Switch, as well as a couple other pieces of hardware. Uh... Nintendo Switch was one of their big claims to fame. I, uh, I believe they were some of the first ones behind uh, the 3DS pirate carts that you could get uh, that would yeah. that would bootload a, a 3DS with any game that you wanted. Uh, trying to remember the... I, I think there was like a Stargate cart, I think was the first one that they developed, and then they had a couple of more as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, Nintendo... Uh, rooted them out and and is suing a good number of them uh not only suing but throwing criminal charges at a good number of them uh and the first to fall has been <laughs> member gary bowser <laughs> an ironic name i'm not making that up by the way uh which is also really funny because the current 
Nintendo president's last name is also Bowser. Uh, but right now, enemy number one for Nintendo seems to be Bowser. Uh, he has pled guilty uh, to, uh, quote, trafficking in circumvention devices, uh, mm. also known as selling custom firmware that enabled piracy. Yep. Um, so uh, here's here's a lesson to all you up-and-coming hackers. No, now, number one, he's facing 10 years in prison and $4.5 million in damages. Uh, he's 52 years old. Uh, Canadian, yeah. Canadian named uh, Gary Bowser, member of the hacking group, group team executor was arrested in 2020. Um, here, here's a lesson to all you up and coming hackers. Hacking is not a crime. Selling what you've done. Yeah. Could be. That usually becomes. Usually is. And that's what happens to most piracy people right. when they get caught. Right. It's like, yeah, you can distribute this stuff for free and people like, yeah, sometimes they'll swat mm -hmm. it down. Sometimes they won't. Mm -hmm. But if you start making money from that, that's when the studios right. and, and it's not even making money. Get it's making money directly from the proceeds of selling mm -hmm. bypass things because now you yeah. are taking money directly out of Nintendo's pocket. Um, regardless of your stance on that, uh, which I believe custom firmware and bootloading and and reflashing and and unlocking yeah. consoles should be 100% legal. Um, yeah. especially once a console goes end of life, because that's a way to preserve games. I'm very, very uh, interested and enthusiastic about game preservation, although not not involved with it myself. I, I know a couple of people in the industry who are. Um, but uh, preserving games and and being able to play them on original hardware, not through emulators and not through weird, you know, secondary methods, but being able to just boot up a game on an original Xbox is important. Uh, yeah. it, it's important for preservation. It's important so we know what came before us and, you know, we can go back to those games if we want to. But uh, where you cross the line is when you sell a product that directly competes with what is currently available. Yeah. Now... Right now, you can go on Amazon and you can buy an EverDrive for the Nintendo 64, pop in an SD card, and play every single Nintendo 64 ROM under the sun on your original hardware. And there's not a lot Nintendo is doing about that. Uh, and they're for sale on Amazon. There's also yeah. bootleg cartridges for sale on Amazon and AliExpress and, and various other sites. Nintendo's not going after them because it's really not hurting their bottom line right now. But when Team Executor went after the Nintendo 3DS and developed a flash cart that bypassed the authentication of uh, licensed Nintendo cartridges and allowed you to boot backups of stolen ROMs, that was a problem. And that took money directly out of Nintendo's pocket. And they did the same thing on the Switch uh, with... Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, they had a, a bypass... Uh, device for the switch and also developed custom firmware for it and uh that's what nailed them is hacking is not a crime hacking the hardware itself is not a crime sharing your your findings is not a crime it, it's reverse engineering and reverse engineering is protected by the dmca uh so long as it's clean room reverse engineering and that's a whole nother discussion uh but reverse engineering hardware 
and software and protections is protected by the DMCA as long as you do not use it uh, for monetary gain. Because once it's monetary gain, you are profiting off of that company's intellectual property. Hmm. That's true. Ryan sends over $5. Wish I could hang. Currently enjoying an ARIO Speedwagon concert in Peoria. Uh, I have a good stream. Well, go enjoy Let's your concert. The run, what baby. the hell are you doing here? Take it to the run, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just don't let it go. ARIO Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, what is this, 1996 again? <laughs> I think REO Speedwagon was before that. Yeah, that was like late, late 80s. Yeah. I still like REO Speedwagon. Well, they're good. So though. do I. Yeah. They're good. They're a good karaoke go to. Time for Ryan Sharp to fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's about all I can sum up on that. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, Gary was arrested in 2020. He uh, was sued by yeah. Nintendo, charged criminally, and now he's facing 10 years in prison and $4.5 million in damages. And that's just him individually, not including other members of the, the team executor group. And he was arrested in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I bet there's a story behind that somewhere. Right, right. Trying to set up some offshore shell account or something. I have no idea. Yeah. He comes up. And, is is this an, is this a, 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 the... A place where he set up the offshore accounts? Yeah. Uh, he was arrested in the Dominican Republic and extradited to the U.S. to face 11 yeah. felony counts, including wire fraud and money laundering. Probably should have looked up if there was extraditing in the place you go to to set up your offshore account. Mm -hmm. Yep. Guam might have been a great destination. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's any extraditing in Guam. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, seek one out before you buy tickets to Guam. <laughs> Turks and Caicos. So go there. <laughs> Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan would be good. Azerbaijan. <laughs> Azerbaijan. <vacation> spot. <laughs> uh, arrested in a Bowser costume. Probably. I mean. <laughs> no, he was he was dressed in a toad costume, so no one would recognize him. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, that was actually a typo. He was arrested in a Bowsette costume. Bowsette, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sorry if you get that reference. <laughs> that would that would be awesome if it was a guy dressed in a Mario costume that arrested him. It'd be better. <laughs> it's a me, your worst nightmare. <laughs> Are you have the right to remain a silent? Okay. <laughs> All right, then we'll just do a little bit of light the beating. <laughs> uh, Gary Bowser was quoted. Wow. Uh, craft computing do you play a lawyer on tv no but i did say at a holiday on express last night so it's <laughs> close enough close enough drake says hey craft computing hope you are well thank you very much i i appreciate the good wishes all right moving right along here uh Facebook's Connect event was last week, uh, oh, like yeah. Thursday morning at like 8 a.m. So it's like, yeah, we yeah. couldn't talk about it. Uh, uh. But uh, some interesting stuff to come out of there, uh, some of which we will get to a little later on in the show. But we're going to start with uh, the hardware side of things in mm -hmm. which 
Facebook teased, just teased a little bit, uh, gave us a tip, if you will, uh, as to what their latest. Just, he- just they gave us just the tip. Just the tip. Uh, just a little tease as to their upcoming high-end VR headset coming sometime in 2022, and that is Project Cambria. Uh, there's a couple of things that we can see right off the bat that make me rather excited. Uh, number one is it is a much slimmer design. They've got the screen much, much closer to yep. your head itself, meaning that center of balance is possibly going to be a little bit further in. You won't get all that weight sitting right on your nose. Instead, it might be balanced a little bit more towards the back of your head or even towards the center, which would be fantastic. Number two, in some of the renders, which unfortunately we don't have on this particular article, uh, they moved the battery to the rear of the headset. So again, that bringing in that LCD screen in towards your head and then adding a battery pack to the back, that is going to help center the gravity in the center of your head and make it a much more comfortable, much less cumbersome and more natural feeling device. Right. Um, Secondly, the device, because it appears to be a lot thinner, there's some speculation going around that they may be doing away with Fresnel lenses. Now, Fresnel lenses are what give you... uh, essentially the ability to see the LCD screen that's so close to your face within three to four inches of your face, because, well, try putting your hand three to four inches away from your face and And you're not, and you can't focus on it. Yeah. Uh, So the Fresno lens takes care of a lot of that um, and condenses the image or expands the image to a point where you can see it and, and focus on it with your eyes. There are downsides to Fresno lenses, though, and one of them is God rays, which almost every single VR headset suffers from. Uh, so they were actually, when they had previously discussed Project Cambria, they actually mentioned specifically using pancake lenses, uh, which are a much thinner, uh, they are more expensive, but much thinner solution mm-hmm. that do not have the same inherent problems that Fresno lenses do. Uh, and this would be one of the first VR headsets to use one. Uh, I There is another VR headset out there, and I'm, I always forget the name of this thing. Um, yeah, it's not coming to me. Uh, I can't remember. But it's yeah. about six grand. Oof. Now yeah, that's a big oof. Now, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's no screen door, there's no god rays, and everything just looks, like, perfect. Uh, but... It's also six grand. Yeah. The the idea that this may have a a similar resolution, field of view, etc., of that higher tier headset, and I should have looked up the name of it beforehand. I apologize. Uh, is is pretty exciting. Now we have no specs. We have only a couple of right. teaser renders, uh, but there's actually quite a bit that we can pull out of that. Uh, so. The fact that we really haven't gotten a flagship VR update since late 2019 with the Valve Index makes me kind of excited. You know, we're, we're starting to see some next steps coming out. I mean, we uh, we saw the announcement slash quasi-release of the Pimax 12K. Uh, there's Project Cambria. There's the Valve Index. There's a couple other players that are starting to come into the space. Um, future is bright for VR. Uh, it, I think it's finally reached 
a mass point where I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but it still needs both an enthusiast market to drive innovation and a consumer and entry-level market to drive mass adoption. Yeah. Uh, so they have to fight it on both fronts. And everyone, I, I love how people complain when they're like, Valve, Valve Pro or Vive Pro 2 for $1,200, who wants to pay that? Yeah. Um, the same people who gladly drop $1,500 on a graphics card. Like, yeah, ain't, those people ain't, ain't no sweat. They, 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 want, they want it, yeah. Right. Did you realize at one point I built a full sit-down sim racing rig? Uh, and and mine was like dirt simple. It was PVC pipe and plywood with oh, yeah. a chair out of an 88 GMC Jimmy. So I actually had a, a car chair in it. <laughs> real car seat a real, there, yeah. a real bucket I seat. Um, I remember that thing. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. But uh, uh, I was still into that rig like $700. It's It's not really crazy when you think about it and enthusiasts will will buy that that kind of thing oh they will so having another high-end vr headset option is definitely enticing yeah well i mean they already kind of captured the low-end market with the oculus quest 2 which is relatively inexpensive and uh you know reachable uh, vr experience for just the layman uh, you know, people who just want to pop on a headset and, and try some VR stuff. Uh, so, you know, this could be the, the next or maybe medium step up from that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, like you said, they're going to use the pancake lenses uh, to keep it reasonable. They might go with the waffle lenses a little cheaper. The Ego waffle lenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and your... <laughs> You and your dad jokes that are even worse than mm. me and my dad jokes. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, today's video has a sponsor, and of course, that sponsor is Linode. Thank you so much, Linode, for sponsoring today's episode. If you've never needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but just don't have the time or resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the software tutorials for my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode makes it simple to manage and deploy your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And thank you again to Linode for paying for Steve's beer. Praise be Linode. <laughs> All power to the cloud. Uh, one thing uh, that I do want to mention, and Linode didn't even pay for this bit, 
that uh, I actually got an email from Linode and they mentioned mm. that they recently just did a full NVMe upgrade. Like all of oh, it. Oh, really? Mm. Like all of it. All of it's NVMe now, huh? <laughs> right. Wow. Um, They're offering NVMe block storage now, which is pretty flipping cool. Uh, that is really cool. So, yeah. Uh, I don't recall if it's going to be on its own tier or or if it's all tiers that are going to get NVMe block level storage. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're offering it is pretty insane if you've ever looked at NVMe block storage prices. Oh, and there's going to be no additional cost for NVMe block storage. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. yeah. Uh, Vario Aereo. There, there we go. Or Varho, yeah, the headset name. There we go. Oh, that Varho area. It's, okay. It's fifty eight hundred and change, fifty eight ninety five or some crap like that. Uh, it's purple. It has like twelve cameras on the front of it. Works with Steam VR. That's good. <laughs> but uh, I guess it has um, a. It's. It's a QLED screen with like a 2560 resolution, but then it also has a 1024 by 1024 OLED screen at the center uh, with like zero, uh, like zero micron between the pixels. Wow. So it's crystal clear. Right. VR headset. Uh, is Zachary? Did you did you type one too many zeros? Just 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 let me know if you typed one too many zeros. Cause holy crap, dude! That's bro. That's, that's wow, bro. Whoa, bro. Oh man. Uh, Zach, what do you want to talk about? The floor is yours. <laughs> you want to call in and be a guest? <laughs> Micro LED. Sorry, sorry. Not, not, uh, yeah. 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 Steve, get out, get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Holy crap, Zach. All I can say is thank you and cheers, my friend. Wow. For those on the podcast, Zachary Solis just dropped $500 in a super chat. That is probably your biggest super chat. I think it is. I know I've gotten a couple 200s before. Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever, I, I've ever gotten 500. Zach, before. you're breaking down walls, man. Well, that one's not going down for a while. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in the after party and that icon yeah. will still be up there. Yeah. That means, that means the floor is his. Anything. <laughs> if he says you're going to do another, uh, tequila and peppermint schnapps shot. You know, I, I've got tequila and peppermint gotta, schnapps. <laughs> Uh, I'll 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 do a shot of Colvin for him. Oh, he loves my headphones. I oh, dude, I love my my uh, Corsair Voids. They're awesome. LOL. Appropriate number of zeros. We can always chat in the after hours, but love Steve's headphones. Yeah, no, Steve. Steve brings his A game to the headphones. Oh yeah, so, I love this thing. Um, I'm using a pair of uh, Shure in-ear monitors. If anyone wants to know my secret uh and they're actually detachable cables and all kinds of fun stuff mm-hmm. so that's what i use but i think mine were only like 200 bucks <laughs> yeah 
Uh, that's the $500 pickle beer super chat, isn't it? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach, you got some opportunities now. We got to get John over here and you can get Jeff to go drink some pickle beers. Nope. Still not going to do it. <laughs> did, did he give you a pickle beer? Do you actually have one? I think I have one left in my fridge. Okay. Did you actually drink one, though? No. <laughs> you've never you've never tried it. Which one is it though? Tell me which one it oh, is. No, I no tried... he didn't give me any of the ones that you guys tried. He didn't give me like okay. the grape soda or crap like no, that. No, no, no. I wasn't like if, if it's just the regular Martin House yeah. pickle beer, it's not that bad. There's some pickle beers that honestly kind of taste more like cucumber than anything, and they're not that bad. But some of those Martin Houses were absolutely disgusting. Oh yeah. god, they were so bad. The that <laughs> That grape one was was just horrific. I watched bad. that episode and lived oh, vicariously God. through the camera. That, that was that was an honest reaction to that. <laughs> that was um, that was not like oh I tasted it before. Let's see what I'm gonna write. No, that was nope. like my first sip nope. and it was not good. Nope, we're done. Yeah, Kren sends over five Aussie dollars. I'll sacrifice myself and go after the monster super chat. Thank you, Kren. You are also appreciated. Uh, only $500 for a pair of, uh, in-ear monitors. Well, I did play bass professionally for like six or seven or eight years or something like that. So I, I, I had some, I have, I had some nicer equipment. I've, I've since sold most of my, my musical gear. I still have all my instruments. Um, I've still got a, a couple of amps around, but yeah, I just don't play much anymore. I still grab my, my baritone uke and jam on that like every day, but. <laughs> uh, time for pickle face craft computing. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that would be fun. That's going to be a good uh, one. You know what? Before I even throw a challenge down, I'm going to check and make sure I have a pickle beer. But yeah, check it out. Yeah. Those pickle beers were were absolutely positively disgusting. The second one actually was, uh, I think, the fruit punch pickle beer one. That that one wasn't actually that bad. I think it was a rum barrel aged fruit punch pickle beer. There we go. What, did you find it? What did you find? Ah! <laughs> and it is the Martin House. Someone's gonna have to match that donation. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> before my answer has been outright no. I did it for free. I know. Well, you but, did it for I family. Like, I, 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 I <laughs> we do it for family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, but I like, I like trying weird stuff anyway. So, I mean, that's not, it's kind of, I like trying house. weird stuff, but I also know where my lane lines end. And well, you didn't say, they didn't say you had to finish it. You just got to taste it. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> Do you know how hesitant I am even for another 500 like that's how much I despise pickles, okay? <laughs> like Zachary drops 500 bucks and I'm going, "Yeah, if someone matches that, I might open the can." That's oh, come on. Like pickles are fine. No, I hate pickles. Pickles never killed anybody except for Pickle Rick. Yeah. But that was the rats. Yeah. Actually, no, he kicked the crap out of the rats. It was the uh, 32 was, armed also, guards. Yeah, it was all the, the Russian mafia he yeah. killed. 500 for half? Nope, that's not the way it works. 
<laughs> do, do you realize I've had so many people ask me what's my price to to drink a pickle beer, and the answer has been you don't have enough money. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna move on before I'm forced no, to open the stand. You should you should honor uh, Zach's generosity. <sighs> I'll, then I'll open the Crux Stout because I already finished my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even finished mine yet. I've got I gotta catch up. Wow. Whoa, whoa. Jeff, just take this a was... sniff. No, sorry, nope. If he, if he cracks it open to take a sniff, he's he's got to have a sip because that's just a wasted beer. We 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 do have pickles in my house, and uh, me as the 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 big strong man, I'm always asked to open the pickle jar, and uh, my wife will hand me the jar, and every single time I say ethically, I don't think I should. <laughs> now just to be clear you don't like pickled anything right you no. like no pickled nope not not uh, pickles garlic pickled ginger asparagus, cucumber pickled, yeah, asparagus anything, nope don't care what it is nothing. i just don't no, like pickles. no pickle now now is it like the saltiness to it or the vinegariness to it, what, it what it's is that it combination it's like i don't mind vinegar like i'll have vinaigrette on yeah. sandwiches and salads and whatnot yeah, yeah. i love salt mm -hmm. that combination just no it just doesn't work for me um like like it will bring up a gag reflex and it's it's involuntary what about what about sweet pickles have nope had sweet pickles? i've had sweet pickles i've had dill pickles i've had yeah nope hmm. what if we can total match the 500 dollars? If, if it rolls over to a thousand bucks on my live chat revenue i'll i'll consider it <laughs> No, you have to go with the guarantee. The audience wants a guarantee. You know it would be a guarantee if it rolls over four figures. But... <laughs> Salt and vinegar chips. Uh, not, no. Like, like maybe, but I'm not, no. I'm not big on salt and um, chips. Like, I've had them before. I didn't, like, necessarily hate them. Part of it it's, is it's... just pickles themselves. Like, it's... Because the, the original, the original, I mean, salt and vinegar chips don't fly for me because the original name was uh, douche chips <laughs> it's just it wasn't appealing yeah they changed the name but they rebranded it just wasn't yeah. uh do i like relish no i do not like relish uh don't like it on dogs don't like it in tuna don't like like and i've tried i've what about pickled onions no if it's pickled the answer is no now i love onions i love peppers i love green peppers yellow peppers habaneros jalapenos mm. like i love peppers pickled Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. Just like I said, something about that combination of flavors just doesn't doesn't do it for you. No, it's it's like almost an instant gag reflex. That and mushrooms. Those are my two like absolutely not for any amount of money. No. I just can't. Not even fried mushrooms. Not even fried mushrooms. Mushrooms of any kind, form, variety, I don't care. What about mushrooms in a beef wellington? Nope. They're all diced up. You wouldn't even know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, here's here's how bad my my reaction to mushrooms is. Okay. Um, I went out for uh, a a lunch with uh, a couple of CEOs and a couple of of other mm -hmm. high end ex executives and whatnot. We just went to a burger place. Like it wasn't like a, a high end dinner right, or something right. like that. It was like. We went to a local fish and chips and burger kind of place, you know, $15 burgers, um, mm -hmm. ordered a burger and I ordered a Swiss melt and I said, no mushrooms, no mushrooms, right? I cannot have mushrooms. 
I I will burn this to the ground if there's mushrooms on my yeah. my burger shows up. It's open top. There's no mushrooms to be seen. I put the top right on it, like, and and it's got lettuce, tomato, and and mayo, like like everything else that a Swiss normally has. But right. but so I put it on and take a bite, and literally the moment I crunch down, I start involuntarily like gagging on my food. Now let me ask you: Is it is it the texture that you don't like about it's the mushroom? It's prob it's probably sixty percent texture uh, okay. with, with mushrooms. Um, there's just something about them; they just they trigger that they tickle my uvula in just the right way that make all the food want to come back up. Because because I've had some mushrooms that honest there's a there's a mushroom that kind of grows here in the Pacific Northwest that are pretty prized by yeah mushroom hunters yes uh it's called the lobster mushroom mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of trumpet trumpeted shape and it's kind of orange in color mm -hmm. but honest to god this texture and flavor is like a main lobster yeah it is delicious and and you fry this thing up in butter it is super good and and, I, and i've heard a lot of people describe mushrooms as being meaty and being you know yeah. whatever for me it is never it it's never been that it there's yeah. something about it that my mouth physically literally cannot withstand i, I think i think it's the, the more popular mushrooms the mushrooms you get at the grocery store like the, the button mushrooms right the, right the white white portobellos and stuff like that or the portobellos those are kind of i mean i can kind of get that they they are have this kind of weird firm mm -hmm. not quite marshmallowy pretty much all i've ever had is portobellos um yeah so yeah, Reverend says they taste like rot. Yeah, uh, uh, they they taste like chewing on dirt. And portobellos do. Portobellos taste like dirt. I, I like. I I, I also okay. I also have that uh, white mushrooms are fine. I also have that weird gene that makes cilantro taste like soap. Oh yeah. So yes, I also yes, don't yes. like like. There's a couple of very specific flavors that I just cannot have, and it's it's those. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and I can I can deal with a little bit of cilantro. Uh, like, and I, I love, you know, Mexican food, Hispanic food. Um, I mean, how could I not living in this area? Oh God. Um, yeah. oh, absolutely delicious. But, uh, but yeah, I, I cannot eat mushrooms hmm. period. And it's not, I, I mean, the, I, and, I, I, and with mushrooms, it's not even the flow. Like I've had mushroom soup and, and mushroom like sauce mm -hmm. drizzled on things. Mm -hmm. Well, not, mm -hmm. it's delicious. Yeah. Like that's not the problem. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we've talked for like almost 20 minutes about my <laughs> dislike for certain foods. I mean, it's always fast to me. To me, it's fascinating anyway, because I'm yeah. a person who will literally try. This is anything. the worst Anthony Bourdain episode ever. <laughs> yeah, you would never be able to hang. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, with, uh, with Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> that was oh, a Freudian slip. Uh, wow. Did, didn't mean to say that. But um yeah, no, you wouldn't do good on food travel shows. No. Yeah. Although, when I go out and about and when I travel, I love mm. to eat local cuisine. Now, I've not traveled pretty much at all outside the States, but if there's a food out there that that is popular in, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. your neck of the woods, I've You'll try probably it, yeah. tried it while I was there. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. You know, deep-fried mayo balls and, and all. <laughs> is that a thing? Arkansas. Deep, really? deep fried balls of just mayonnaise. 
mayonnaise that you uh, literally drop in a deep fryer. Sounds horrible, right? but I'd still try it. Right? Yeah, I would try it. I've heard of deep fried, what is it, butterballs and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, they do, they do uh, yeah, butterballs and margarine and, like, anything that's oil that you can drop into hotter oil and, and create a skin on, they'll, <laughs> they'll eat it in Arkansas. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. Had the cheese curds in Wisconsin, and I gotta say, the cheese in Tillamook is better. Uh, yeah, you know what, a lot of people say that, and I agree. I think the cheese in Tillamook is better. I was almost ran out of town for uh, for saying that for disrespecting the great state of Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> raw fish is raw fresh fish is delicious. You like raw fish? I think it's I absolutely I will do some sushi. Um, now I I also have a rule that I do not eat fish more than two hours inland. Of course, yes. This this is some of the best seafood I've had. Right, was stuff that was right off of the bay, like where it was right. freshly caught. I I, I grew Man, up a lot, like almost every other weekend, we would go to either Florence or Newport or Lincoln City mm-hmm. or or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I live mm-hmm. just barely an hour away uh, from those places, and those are right on the beach. They're fishing towns and almost nothing but. Yep. Uh, and you could go to any diner in that area and you'd pay eight dollars for like a half of a salmon that was just like cooked to perfection yeah. wood wood fire grill and all like oh yeah oh god there's a there's a place in newport that we like going it's it's right there um i think it's just it's got a generic name like yeah. like pacific fresh catch or something like that and it's right there at the docks where all the boats come in mm-hmm. as soon as the boats come in these guys get the first pick so you know everything there is going to be like the freshest you can have mm-hmm. outside of getting it right on the boat. Yeah. And it is some of the best. Yeah. And, and then I'll fly to Chicago and they're like, would you like some halibut? Off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, great lake halibut. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Catfish fry. I have had catfish fry. I've done Peruvian catfish. ceviche. I would try that. I've never had Peru. I don't know what the difference between Peruvian ceviche. Fresh fried is. catfish is my perfect fish dish. Uh, I'll up you with fresh caught squid that's deep fried because that's freaking mm. amazing. I don't think I've had fresh caught squid deep fried. Yeah, uh, I've had deep fried squid before. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's good. No, it, it was that was really good. Yeah. I think we got a lot of people who have the cilantro soap. Yeah, all, all of a sudden I'm seeing quite a few. Like it. See, I I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I've I've had cilantro before. I just think that a lot of people just put too much of it on it. Oh, and totally it becomes an overpowering flavor. I don't hate cilantro. I like cilantro on things, but I like a balance of flavors. If it's got just too much cilantro and everything tastes like cilantro, cannot cannot do it. Yep. Crab sticks are nice. I do agree. I do like crab sticks. Calamari. I've never had calamari, although I've never also had the desire to have calamari. Calamari's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of go by the Futurama definition. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, those are the garbage parts of the fish that no one want, but the rich people. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's delicacy and an acquired taste. Yeah, so is scotch, and I think I'll stick with that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I haven't. I've had caviar before, and I remember not liking it. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to try it again. Well, that's definitely a little different than the cavatica. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit thinner. It, it's a full right. 4% lower. Um, right. There's something kind of... There's a flavor clinging right at the end of the flavor that's not terrific. I've, I've seen that before in some stouts yeah. where they will put too much uh, roasted malt in there. Mm-hmm. And it has kind of an almost powdery, clingy flavor in the in the in the back of the throat. Um, yep. I've had that before, and uh, I know what that is. That's specifically from adding too many roasted malts in there. I know because a lot of the stouts I made, I like. Oh, let's put a ton of chocolate malt in there. Right. And then it like ended up tasting like that. There was like this just weird like chocolate eating instant quick. Yeah, something <laughs> right. weird in the back of your throat. It's just like ah. Uh you said fried squid. Calamari is fried squid. Yo. True. Okay. No, I, I was thinking uh, caviar for some reason. Caviar yeah. is what you're thinking. Caviar. Yes. Yeah. Now you have you have you had caviar? I have not had caviar. See, Sorry, I I, 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 I flipped words there. Yes, it is. It is just a. If you like things bursting in your mouth, and if you like the thing that's bursting in your mouth to be a bomb of salty fishiness, mm-hmm. then caviar is for you. If you, if you, none like, of those words sounded pleasant. <laughs> you remember, remember the those 90s words in the, that order should not you, exist. You remember the Gushers candies in like the nineties, and you like oh, yeah. bite down and like, okay, think of that, but instead of fruit just coming out, and my head turns salty, in like a watermelon. Yeah, yeah, salty fish came out. <laughs> you, you know, you're really not talking me into this. <laughs> Uh, anyway anyway yeah escargot caviar yeah no none I've of that i've had escargot but i i have liked escargot escargot i escargot with, yeah. with, with your champagne <laughs> champagne I've had, I've had escargot at several times and i thought all the times i had it was quite delicious i did not hate it at all nice but of course you drown enough things in garlic and butter it's going to taste good right so yeah, and your head turns into a fish now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's a perfect segue into our beer news for the week. <laughs> Not necessarily the fish and hated flavors, but just the fact that we have beer news this week. Mm-hmm. Starting with Samuel Adams brews its spacecraft beer with inspiration for flown hops. And yes, you read that right. The Inspiration4 carried hops into space, and they are making beer with those hops. Right. Apparently, StarCraft was taken, so they have to go with SpaceCraft. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this kind of dovetails into like... Uh, they need uh, to rename coffee. these Proton Hops, or Protoss Hops. Yeah, pro- pro- Protoss Hops. <laughs> need, need, more, need more pylons. <laughs> I think that's already a beer. I think there's already. I think a, you're right. I yeah. think there is a beer called Require Additional Pylons. Requires Additional Pylons. Let me see. I gotta check it on tap now. What is it? <laughs> Require Additional Pylons. Uh, Go Pack Brewing Company. You must construct additional pylons. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought there was one. Yeah, Remedy. Oh, sorry. That's a, that's a home brew. Pylons. That's a home brew. Remedy Brewing Company. Additional pylons. There it additional is. Additional pylons. Yeah. yeah. Additional pylons. 6.8% New England IPA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. 
but yeah, this this kind of is like what uh, Nenkasi did with ground control, mm -hmm. where they took uh, yeast into space. Yes. Although, I, I mean, the yeast was in space. I, I never read that it was ever exposed to the vacuum of space. Correct. It it experienced it zero be. g. Yeah, I, I mean, what what does that do to something? Now these hops hops could survive in the vacuum of space. I would think you could probably let it float around and be okay. They probably didn't. I don't know if they were in bags. Again, they never tell us what were the conditions. Did they let the hops go on a spacewalk? Get some cosmic rays? You know, and that would be like that would be interesting. Because uh, I, I also have the uh, the Star Trek 10 forward vodka, which also had mm. uh, grains flown to space. And, mm. and then they took those grains and made vodka with it. Mm. Probably like a 0.02% that actually made yeah, it into the green bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, my vodka has been to space, kind of. Mm -hmm. Space vodka. Space. I think it's just the, the idea of it space. being in space and there's like this... Point zero 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 one percent chance that drinking it might give you superpowers. <laughs> that kind of makes it appealing. You never know. <laughs> Knowing you, Steve, you'd end up with Meg superpower from Family Guy, where she could grow <laughs> fingernails. My nails. Ah. <laughs> 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 I just, I just want an animantium liver. That's all I that want. Break the skin? No, it's not bleeding. <laughs> but ouch, though. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Here we are making 20-year-old TV references. <laughs> God, is Family Guy that old already, huh? Mm-hmm. I want to say it debuted in 98, and that episode may have been 99. Like, I, I think so, yeah, because it came out a long time ago. Yeah. Family Guy premiered a while yeah. ago. Although that episode wasn't... Well, what was that? That fourth season? third season uh no fourth season was the resurrection in 2007 or whatever that was oh, okay. uh so seasons season one was on fox and i believe it was 98 and then it was canceled after one season and then they came back no, it, was, it was canceled it was canceled after three seasons no it, it was canceled twice it, it was, oh, canceled, was it canceled i twice? believe once after the first season but then oh, was the, really? but then they picked it back up because something else fell through mm -hmm. and so yeah it was slated to be canceled but then they said oh never mind let's let's keep going mm -hmm. but it was also delayed in production because they didn't know that for like four months or something like that uh and then seasons two and three came out and then it was canceled after season three and then there was the long hiatus yeah. like you know and then it came back six or yeah. seven years and then it came back right yeah. But yeah, no, the uh that episode was the the three short films. So it was like three seven minute mm -hmm. episodes. Right. Uh in inside. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what that one was. Mailbag something. Me, yeah. Brian's asking about the pivot on my Corsair, and uh I have to say it it's it's still pretty stiff and it still holds up. I've had this headset for about three years now, and it's my daily driver. I use it every day, and uh, it's, it's still working great. The pivot's not loose at all. Um, although I do now have a five-year-old who constantly uses my computer now, so we'll see <laughs> how long that lasts. I'm predicting not much longer. Uh, Family Guy viewer mail number one uh, aired February 14th, 2002, so almost 20 okay. years old. Almost 20-year-old. Right? Almost 20-year-old. There we go. Man. Ouch, All right. though. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Sam Adams brewing a beer in space. 
Not brewing a beer in Shut space, up, to Meg. cops into space. <laughs> Uh, let's go with a little bit of local news here. Portland Brewery sure. Great Notion is launching a mobile game. Well, this is this is more than just about the mobile game because everybody knows. Well, I don't know if everybody knows, but Great Notion is probably the Pacific Northwest's most sought-after beer right now. As, as far as craft beers, they as are as craft beers. They are the In-N-Out Burger of craft beers. Yes, everybody right. wants them. Uh, if you're into beer trading, people will trade two or three beers for one great notion mm -hmm. uh, because they only uh, deliver locally to the Pacific Northwest. It used to be just Oregon. Uh, it used to be just into... the brewery. Yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> right? It's it's I mean, they, even even around here, some stores don't even carry it. Right. I mean, I, I found it recently. Most but... stores don't carry them. Like you no. can't get them at grocery stores. You have to go to special bottle shops. No, they, they I found a few that did. Now. Did you? Yes, uh, the Thriftway in Canby. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But they, they do have it at some limited groceries. Grocery stores that have an extensive beer selection will have them too. Yeah. Um, but uh, due to the pandemic, um, they really kind of increased the functionality of their mobile app. So uh, not only did they uh, list their beers and whatnot, you can order uh, and have it delivered to your house if you were within 10 miles mm -hmm. of the brewery. Uh, they would use DoorDash to, to get the beer to you. Uh, and now they're they're increasing that by, of course, adding this mobile game to it. Uh, and I guess the more you play the game, you can get discounts and, and so on and so forth. But the thing that I think uh, a lot of people and, and maybe people watching are excited about is at the very bottom of the article, where it says the shipping is also being expanded outside the Pacific Northwest. So they're going to start shipping uh, Great Notion beers to uh, Ohio, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, North Dakota, Vermont, New Hampshire, Kentucky, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Nevada, and Anchorage, Alaska. Well, there goes all the value we had in beer trades. What the hell? I know. That's what I'm saying. Is like I, I no longer crap. can have, like, I got a Great Notion beer. I can no longer trade a Great Notion for a Goose Island BCS one for one. I know. I know. It's not going to happen now. Like, They're like, I can get that now. Right. Like, like it used to be I could get, like, a, a, a Fat Stacks or a, a Triple Stack right. or something like that. And I could trade that for, like, a, a Bourbon County Stout Gold Label. Yeah. Just like I mean, straight it's, up. It's always nice to see a, a local company getting big like this. But but, but now they're getting kinda, too big. <laughs> they're getting too big. It's like, uh, you know, they're No, no, no. You're ours. Be, Stay back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't trade with other people. Right. You whore. You beer whore. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. What do you think you're doing over there? Ohio's nowhere near as sexy as Oregon. Mm -hmm. Come on. And finally, there was a story that broke last week uh, about a uh, where's this woman live? I don't even remember. Um, I don't remember. Uh, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a woman who was 106 years old uh, by the name of gosh, it's some uh, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret, there's an old old name. Dilio's home. Or no, uh, home in Spring Township. Spring Township. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Spring Township. Uh, she was interviewed a couple, a week or two ago, and uh, she's 106 years old. And they they asked, "How did you live so long?" 
And they she, always do. That's the and one of the things that she said was, I drink a, a can of Yunglings every day. I like with lunch, with dinner, I, I opened a can of Yunglings every mm. single day. Yeah. Yunglings heard of this and sent her an entire truck. <laughs> of Yingling beer. Literally a truck. Yeah. 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 Now, not not to go for the easy morbid joke, but Yinglings does realize there's an expiration date on those cans, right? <laughs> this is, we're just going to give it to you a case at a time, just in case. Just, just. I'm little, sorry, I had I had to do the one joke. What I will say <laughs> is that is freaking cool, Margaret. It is cool. Well deserved, well earned. Congrats on 106 years. And uh, 106 years is uh, kind of late in life to become an alcoholic, <laughs> right? Now I can afford to to drink two a day. <laughs> Might as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the brewery drove up uh, a truck. Uh, oh, and they gave her twenty cases. Okay, so it wasn't okay, twenty cases. It wasn't an entire truck full, but yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, she'll soon be one hundred and seven years old, and the silver-haired uh, churchgoer has famously attributed her longevity to drinking a can of Yungling Lager every day. Now she has a free stash for the next four hundred and eighty days. That's so. right. Congrats, together, Margaret. The, the, and on, the, the, the empty the empty cases could make her cough. <laughs> What's funny is there's a couple of jokes just like that in the chat that I literally read oh, while I you did, were saying that. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Well, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, anyway, congrats, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ah. Can't take you anywhere, Steve. I know. <laughs> Just an embarrassment. All right. Moving right along. Uh, starting to get into our gaming news. And the first big thing is that PAX has announced they are canceling their 2022 uh it's not show. it's not just it's not just 20 no not 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 the 20 and just pack south is completely going away right they are eliminating that uh like when packs became prominent they mm -hmm. did a pax east and then that became popular and then i think they did a pax australia or something like that Yeah, pax Aus is another one right pax Aus, and that was very popular so they decided to uh try their luck and do a pax south um but uh, that one did not really inspire, and it didn't hasn't. They said it hasn't really grown much uh, since it started in 2015. Yep. And so they're like, mm, "Sorry, Texas. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna expand here anymore. Um, so they're going to be ending the PAX South. So if you want to attend a PAX, which we have." Uh, before and we've had some videos we yeah. haven't done recently which is kind of unfortunate but you circumstances know, circumstances happen maybe in a year or two we'll come back 40 percent of you the, can't act like adults so yeah <laughs> we'll we'll eventually get back there mm -hmm. uh but not to pack south because that is gone so sorry folks from texas but you can no longer go to south yep yeah that was hosted in uh san antonio every year Yes, um, it was in San Antonio. So, yeah, kind of sorry to see it go, but there's yeah. there's a bunch of things that are kind of dropping off because of you know COVID and related difficulties yeah. and and whatnot. And oh yeah, this is just another one on that list. So yep, it's uh, 
something on the pin that goes away. Yep. But you can always come to PAX Prime, which eventually we will go to. Yes. And then you can try to drink us under the table, which you will sadly be not be able to. <laughs> Remember, folks, I'm a professional. Yeah. Yes. Unless you bring a pickle beer, then um, then Jeff will go away crying. I'll just do a shot and move on. <laughs> we'll call it even. Uh, God, what is this, I, like 4.5% anyway? 4.7. Is that what the beer is right now? Oh, the, the, the pickle beer. 4.7. Oh, yeah. no, that's, not, it's, that's not very high. It's, just, it's supposed to be... Uh, I think it's technically a sour beer. Yeah. And then those aren't really that high most yeah. of the time. I think I have a sour. I think I have a breakside sour out in my fridge that is like mid eights. I think. Oh, yeah. There's there's some sours yeah. like some of the jammy sours mm-hmm. can get really high. Um, I've had a sour that's as low as 2%. Mm-hmm. So um, they can get pretty low. Yeah. All right. I did promise some more VR news out of Facebook's uh, Connect event last week. And let's get into that one. It's not Facebook anymore, Jeff. It's Meta. It's Meta. It's meta. That's kind of meta, Steve. It's, it is meta. <laughs> Although, surprisingly, uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I think meta in Hebrew means dead. We can only hope. Yeah. Who knows? We can only hope. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I told you there'd be some more news coming out later in the show, and here we are. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is officially coming, not just to VR, but to the Quest 2. Nice. But it's probably not the one you're thinking. Uh, I don't mean the Quest 2, I mean the GTA. Probably isn't the one you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. San Andreas is getting mm-hmm. a fully-fledged VR port from the same studio that ported uh, uh, L.A. Noire. That, this should be fun. Which was yeah, honestly a pretty freaking good VR port. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see what happens here. Uh, there's really no trailer. There's a no. little bit of Zuckerberg's data impression talking about it. Uh, about it, yeah. Right. But, but that's it. All we know is that Rockstar is officially developing a port of San Andreas for the Oculus Quest 2 for native VR. I can't wait that to not be, be able to catch that train in 360 degrees. Yes, I know. Exactly. To not be able to do it. I'm sure they're going to fix that quest. I mean, come on. That's, that's like, that's like, ever since like, what was it? Because uh, GTA Vice City had that one uh, RC mission that was like almost impossible to beat. Yeah. And San Andreas had the train, which was like, okay, that was almost impossible to beat. Yeah. I'm sure because they, they fixed that. They'll fix those. They'll fix those. They'll either make it skippable or what? They'll just like make it so it's not so difficult. Who knows? Or, or modders will, you know, do whatever they need to do. Yeah. So, I, I'm of two minds about this one. Mm-hmm. I've played the Doom 3 VR port. Okay. It's okay. And and by okay, I mean it's playable, but it's not great. Uh, the thing with older games like this, yes, you can run them performance-wise in VR. Yeah. 
a lot easier than you can games with modern shaders, modern polygon counts, modern textures, yep. ray tracing, etc. Um, they're easier to run. And so if you're looking strictly from a hardware limitation standpoint, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. If you're looking from a gameplay standpoint, physics, uh, controllability, graphics, yeah. San Andreas is not necessarily the white whale that you carken back to. This one, because the thing is, is this one was not built to be first person. Right. So there could be areas in there that it's just like, it's not going to be that great. Mm -hmm. You don't know. I think I remember there there was, I think there is a mod out there that makes San Andreas first person. There is and a there first person a, mod for San Andreas. Um, yeah, and there might be a reason why it never took off because it's just it's just not indicative to being a great experience. Right. Um, so I mean, maybe there's going to be some retooling that has to go along with this game to right. make it actually. Remember, playable. San Andreas also had helicopters and planes and parachutes and crap like that. Like, oh yeah, like, but it it also wasn't a hundred percent fleshed out as a. 3d game this was only the right. second take of gta that had moved into 3d and gta 3 no it was, it was the third actually because there was there was uh, wasn't vice no vice city was the third wasn't it uh, no no because there's gta that was top down then gta 2 was no top down yeah. and they had a, an expansion pack of that which was gta london london, which was also london 1969 yeah and then, and then, then there and was gta 3 Three, which was 3D, right. the first 3D one. And then there was Vice City. I, I wanted to say San Andreas came before Vice City, but I could be no. wrong there. It was Vice City okay. and then Vice, San Andreas, Vice yeah. City, San Andreas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, all of these games were based on the GTA 3 engine. And GTA 3 mm -hmm. itself was built to be possibly a top-down game. And then late on in development, they took a camera and went like this. Third, third person, yeah. Right. Um, and controllability physics gameplay dialogue it is very dated it is very yeah, very is very, very dated. dated um and not something that i think anyone outside of nostalgia geeks are going to mm. get really amped for so this is kind of a weird entry for me now if they take if they take because they don't show anything here and if they dovetail this into the remaster version, because we did, we do have footage of the remaster, and it's not like obviously onto GTA Five levels of, of looking good, mm -hmm. but it does look better. Um, so if they use that as a base, if they use the remaster as a base, and then use that as a perspective of putting VR in there, so they fix all the first person shoot, first person perspective fixes. Yeah. Um, then yeah, maybe it might work. I don't know. But the, the thing is, you would almost have to build a new engine to to make it make complete sense. Because as we saw with Skyrim VR, yeah. you can't just take a game and make it a 360 degree parabolic view and call it a well, VR game. You can't port but, an Xbox 360 <laughs> controller into VR controls and right. say, just swing this and we'll pretend you're hitting B. Like yeah. no, I'm sorry. You're you're well, I mean, but, the weapons don't feel like weapons. I can't touch anything but, but in the world. That's to kind of shot themselves in the foot too, because they've been using the Gamebryo engine for their Morrowind or for their Elder Scrolls games since right. 
Morrowind, yeah, yeah, right. I think they really haven't updated that much. They just kind of updated the poly count, mm-hmm. polygon count, and and, and it's, it's still the same one. And it's not really the greatest engine. And I hope with the next iteration of uh, <laughs> Elder Scrolls, they do something new. Sure, sure, Steve. Oh yeah, they what, print what money. Do you think they're going to bother updating the engine? Yeah, they maybe. I don't know. After after the whole Fallout seventy six debacle, maybe. Uh, Hamish says, same with Fallout 4 VR. I actually enjoyed Fallout 4 VR because some of the enhancements that the base game had, like the looting system, made a lot more sense in VR than Skyrim's looting system did, which was menu-based. And Skyrim, you couldn't actually interact with anything. Um, You couldn't reach out and touch things. Your hand went straight through. Uh, You couldn't swing your sword. All, All you did was move your hand forward and the game would would simulate literally a button press for either a light or a or a hard hit right. from the direction that you were swinging. Um, it wasn't actually me stabbing something, and stabbing yeah. wasn't recognized as an input, so that doesn't work when, anyway. Um, when you think of swordplay in VR, you think of like you know the real controls of a sword to be able to like move I, your arm. I think of blade and, and sorcery. Something. I think of yeah, of light blade exactly. VR. I think of you don't Vader you don't Immortal. Put, yeah, you right. don't put swordplay into VR and then just make it a stiff, single-stroke swing. It's just going to ruin the immersion. Best to not even do a VR port. Right. Uh, so, I understand the the desire from studios to take some older games, some existing intellectual property... And create a VR game out of them. The problem is, for a truly immersive VR experience, you have to rewrite the entire damn thing yeah. anyway. Yeah. And so, and you... for San Andreas, what's the point? Well, we'll have to wait and see. The the, the Skyrim one, yes, that felt like a cash grab. Skyrim was Skyrim is an abhorrent, an abhorrent, abhorrent. 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 VR port. Abhorrent. Uh, VR port. It was so poorly done and so poorly thought out with no thoughts to what a good VR game should be. Yeah. Now, I will say, graphically, it does great. It looks great Mm -hmm. walking in VR as long as you don't play the game. Yeah. (laughs) If you just want to walk through Winterfell, Winterfell is freaking gorgeous. Falkreath is is beautiful. You know, strolling through the swamps and looking at the giants are are amazing. Getting hit by a giant and then vomiting while you're 400 feet in the air, not so amazing. (laughs) Rambozo says, uh, Rambozo Clown says, Die by the sword. Die by the sword would be a good VR port if they can even make that mic. I remember the sword mechanics of Die by the Sword being infuriatingly hard if you use the mouse controls. Yeah. Because they were trying to do a one-to-one stroke simulation using the mouse and a sword. Jeremy says VR works for FPS or sim games. See, I disagree that there has to be a specific genre. I I will say there are certain genres that don't work at all for VR games. Uh, At least in the context that we try to port them over with. Um... VR works great as a first-person experience. It works great in first-person shooters. It works great for games like, you know, you've got Counter-Strike and then you've got Pavlov VR. You've got 
Uh, trying to think of some other examples and none are coming to my head, but uh, <laughs> have you ever tried the Dolphin VR port, uh, which is the Dolphin GameCube emulator, GameCube and Wii emulator that will output to a VR headset and your head essentially turns into the camera. And so you can lean in, lean out, but if you're playing a first person or a third person game, it still just works. Uh, playing Wind Waker in VR, even in third person, is freaking insane. It's it's amazingly good. And, and it's proof that you can still have a good VR game mm. based on an existing game, as long as you follow some specific rules. The rules is, the rules are, rather, I don't move against my will. You don't move my camera. My camera right. is stationary and I can look around. You can change my perspective all you want, but do not take my head and do this with it. And force that with it, and, yeah. And, and force lateral or vertical movement. Instant disqualification. And Skyrim VR. What's the first thing Skyrim does when you open from the opening credits? <laughs> you're on oh, a wagon course, moving <laughs> laterally to your position. Yeah. Literally, they, they, they broke cardinal rule number one as soon as the fade to fade from black was done. Not only that, but they broke every other rule along the way as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Skyrim VR was frustrating. I spent $50 on that. And I am yeah, so was, I'm still ticked off from that because it was that, such that was a, a low effort port. Ab absolute cash grab. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say I played a good amount of time in Fallout 4 VR, but it's not. And I'm not necessarily giving Bethesda credit for Fallout 4 VR because the enhancements they made to the game engine, because it's based on the same exact game engine as Skyrim, happened to translate better to VR than Skyrim translated to VR. So the object world interactions worked better. The yeah. dialogue screens worked better. Uh, the menu system worked better because you have a pit boy that you can pull up and look at and scroll through rather than just some like black menu popping up. Uh, the looting system was better. The world interaction was better as far as I can actually reach out and touch things in the world and move cans and hit things with my hand. That and the melee combat worked in Fallout 4 VR, uh, whereas it just flat out didn't work in Skyrim. And unfortunately, Skyrim has either bows and arrows or melee combat. Yep. So there wasn't a lot of options. Although when Fallout 4 VR launched, you couldn't use scopes because they hadn't figured out how to magnify the screen into the scope using whatever technology that is. I forget the, there's a specific name for that technology. Um, texture or something or another, but anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't necessarily give Bethesda credit, even though Fallout 4 wound up being a much better VR port because I think they got lucky more than good. <laughs> well, I mean, they obviously put some effort into it, a lot more effort into it than they did Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Yep. Half-Life Half Alex kicks butt. Half-Life Alex should be seen as the gold standard that every ha that every VR game needs to strive for. As far as first that was, person that was, goes. That was built from the ground up to be a right. 
VR game. Right. Though. I mean, that wasn't like a port, so. Right. Uh, yeah, no, Half-Life Alex was built to be a VR experience and be a, a triple A uh, style VR, experience, yeah. VR yeah. game. And from the ground up, it is a VR game. And it's amazing. And because they thought of the control interface, of the physics, of the of how you would actually move and interact with the world, it works so incredibly well and so fluidly. It just think of, of Half-Life 2 as far as the world interactions go versus San Andreas. Games from a similar era. Wasn't wasn't Half-Life Alex? wasn't it a derivative of the Boneworks engine, though? As opposed to, like, the Half-Life 2 engine? Uh, No, it's... Because the Boneworks one was built built with an engine with VR involved in in mind. No, uh, Half-Life Alex was uh, Source 2. Source 2 engine, if I remember correctly. But I think Boneworks was a Source 2 game. Is Boneworks a Source 2 game? I think think I think so. Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, Unity. No, Boneworks is Unity. Is, oh, is this Unity? Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, right. no. Uh, Half Life Alex, I believe, was Source Two Engine. Alex was a game to show devs how to make VR games. And that's exactly right. That's why Valve... That's pretty much always why Valve makes a game, is they say, here's how to make your game better. Because we're the de facto standard. Well... We've almost never missed. Well, they never missed because half our Valve cancels more games than they create. It's true. Um, It's true. They, they triple, double, and quadruple check to make sure this is going to be a good game. And if it doesn't meet that standard, it's just like, right. yeah, no. We're printing money anyway. So, right. uh, well, I guess what was what was the card game they put out that didn't really quite... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one didn't really pan out. But I was, I was never a big card game guy. If I want to play cards, I'm going to collect I'm cards, play cards and play them. Yeah. Like, Not on... Yeah. Right. That's, that was never my thing. Yeah. But, uh, no... Like Half-Life Alex should be seen as the gold standard because it truly yes. is. It is it is everything you've ever wanted in a VR first person shooter. And and a quasi horror film and a and an adventure game and a platformer and a puzzle solver. Like it has elements of everything and it kind of flows in between those genres perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little bit of everything in there. Now there's a couple other games that have come very close to that level of immersion. I'm thinking of Duck Season. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yes. Wasn't that I, a good one? It was short, but it was very fun. It was short. It was, it was basic. It was like you're only ever in two different environments. Yeah. But they built a story. A story. And the interaction was perfect. What yeah. was picture perfect. Everything that I thought I could do in the game, I actually could do in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boneworks is kind of that same way. Um, yeah. although Boneworks, the movement system, I, in my opinion, lo- the locomotion could use a little bit of improvement. Um, I will say that, uh, I spent 90 minutes last night playing, uh, the blade and sorcery update, the update 10 yeah. and holy crap. Not only did that game go from like good to great in the course of this update, but they've nailed almost like every physics aspect of a sword fighting RPG fantasy game that I could ever want. 
Like it's mm-hmm. it's everything that I want, and it's it's a glorified tech demo at this point. So, but it's still fun to play. But it's still That's fun to play, what... right? Yeah. Like I played it for ninety minutes, and and I was smiling and laughing, and and like I was dying of laughter a but couple if, of times if because can, of if moves actually, that I pulled if off. Can, or if they can actually build a story and a right. game around that thing from beginning to end, that would be amazing. Right. It would be. A lot of people be like right. That. If Skyrim used the physics engine from Blade and Sorcery, I would have zero problem. Uh, yeah. And I would literally, I'd probably die because I would never take the headset off for food. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's what some of these VR things are picturing. Right. Because, like, right now, the 90% of, of most VR games are just tech demos that are gimmicky that are just like yeah they're kind of there right no one is really trying outside of valve to make a triple a story driven original the original game that's that's based ground up vr VR. yeah 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 not not an afterthought but like built up around all, all we're getting and and even this far into this thing i mean when did the original Kickstarter with Palmer Lucky go live? 2012, 2011? Oh yeah, it's been a long time. It, yeah. It's been almost 10 years. And the only true AAA game that we have that was built from the ground up for VR is Half-Life Alex. That's the only yeah. game that I would pay $60 for. Yeah. Maybe Fallout 4, but even Fallout 4, I'm questioning $60 because you already did 85% of the work and I already paid for it once. Right, yeah. So... And it's not a true VR port because there are still some things in the game that don't work well. Uh, So I have a hard time paying you a full retail price for another game that I already paid for. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're just piggybacking off the success of the brand name Fallout. Right. But here we have San Andreas and Fallout and Skyrim and Medal of Honor. And uh, I will say Project Cars has done quite well, although it's much easier to translate a driving simulator. Well, yeah, that that, driving simulators, flight simulators. Right. Those are automatically right in there with VR. Right. There's not much you need to do. There's not much you need to do. Yeah. Other than make sure the person doesn't get sick while they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're already sitting in a one location. Right. Things around you, you just need to move your head. Sit down VR, way easier than first person VR. Way easier than first person VR, yes. Especially, I mean, I I mean, if you're going to do driving VR, yeah, even if it's a stick shift or something like that, mm-hmm. some way to make the stick shift kind of interact with how you, well, how I, you do a that, virtual That's why stick I had the whole cool. rig. I mean, I I built that for the Oculus DK2. Yeah. Well, I'm talking like a, like a virtual stick shift. I don't know if they have virtual stick shifts in there. Not that I've seen. Like, put your hand not that I've seen. seen that before either. Yeah. But no, I had the Logitech wheel and the paddle shifters. And, yeah. And I had yeah. a Thrustmaster TH8RS. Which oh, yeah. is no, a, I remember which the whole thing. Seven speed shifter. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that whole rig. It was fun. Yep. I remember first sitting down on that and just being like, it felt so like immersive. Yeah. Until you hit that first curve. And then your mind is telling you, you should be feeling some G forces. Right. But I'm not. Right. And I'm, well, why is that? Yep. And, you, and then it, it takes you like a couple laps and then your body gets used to it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've got pretty good VR legs. I'm not going to lie. Like jumping around yeah. in blade and sorcery and like doing some like 30 foot leaps. I can do that just fine now. Although my very first experience in VR, uh, not just like a tech demo, but like playing a game uh, with full body or, or with some positional tracking in it. Right. Uh, because the Oculus DK1 was a rotational tracking only. Your head was locked in 3D space and all you could do is do, yeah. this. do this. If you yeah. did this, it, the headset didn't know what to do. Didn't do anything. It yet. didn't do it. It didn't change your perspective or at all. And so yeah. like cockpit and racing games were the only thing you could do. Uh, the DK2 came out and it had some basic positional tracking with an infrared camera that sat on top of your monitor. And you had to be facing the monitor and yep. there were no controls for it, except Razer came out with a set of controls called the Razer Hydra, which also had their own tracking sensor that sat on your desk. And you had two controls that were wired to that sensor that you couldn't turn away from that you had to be facing at the same time. And so you're, you're literally tethered but way more tethered than even we think about it now because I can't even turn more than 90 degrees in either direction before I'm starting to pull on the sensor cables or my headset loses tracking right. or whatever else. Yeah. Um, was there was a version of Portal and Half-Life 2 that uh -huh. they made work for the Razer Hydra. And I do remember that. Yeah, someone did it. Uh, uh, it wasn't specifically from Valve that somebody had modded it. Uh, Half-Life 2 was from Valve. Portal was oh, a third-party mod. Okay. Um, I remember one of them. Was, right. Yeah. Uh, and with Half-Life, you put one of the controllers, like, you literally, like, just duct taped one of the Hydra controllers to your chest. And that would track your body position and body direction. And then the Oculus would track your head direction and location. And then you held the second controller and that would track your hand location. Um, and they they integrated things into, into Half-Life, like look at your wrist for your health and stamina and look at the back of yeah. your wrist for, right. or it was ammo count and then health and stamina on a watch. And it was like, that's a perfect integration. Like, yeah. that makes so much sense. Uh, but, uh, if you've played Half-Life 2, which you probably should have played Half-Life 2. Uh, By now, everybody should have. You yes. remember trying to escape from City 13, and at one point you have to jump onto the back of a moving train. Yeah. Try doing doesn't, that in VR. Yeah, with a VR, yeah. doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like everything in your body is saying, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but you're you're standing up at like, 1024 by 768 resolution and you're yeah. you're looking at the strain approaching and uh and you go i have to jump and your body's going no no i must stay right here like that is among the most freaked out i've ever been in vr and since that point i have like i said really good vr legs where yeah after that you can disassociate I, my head with my body all you want, and I'm perfectly fine in, in 90% of circumstances. When we were still doing that VR above uh, the tap house yeah. in John's. And uh, what was it? We were doing um, – I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, like, it was like you have to do a couple shots before you did stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. What was it? It was, it, was, it was a small, tiny game. They had like three different mini games. Yeah. One it was, was like you had to take a couple shots – 
and then you're supposed to shoot an apple off of your friend's head. They, they were literally and drunk challenges. They were drunk and, challenges, uh, yeah. One of them was, was playing William Tell with a revolver. One of yeah. them was skateboarding across the street. Yeah, and uh, the other was like moving across the street with a walker. Right, yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, there was the walker challenge. Yeah. Uh, the, the the skateboard one was the one that got me the most disoriented. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I, I, I almost fell over. It was like the first time I was in VR, I was like, this made me feel like completely out of my element. And right. I almost like tripped and fell. It was crazy. Yeah, no, I, I don't think any of us ever successfully did the skateboard run. I don't know how they don't thought how that done. would work in real life, especially either. with someone who's supposed to have a couple of shots in them first. Yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't have real shots. They just, they just made the camera shake a little right. bit. So you kind of felt disoriented. Right. And but kind of but we also had so shots first. But, you know. Yeah. We're in John's yeah. tap house, of course. Right. We had beers and shots and yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Uh, moving on to some other gaming news. Blizzard has announced that both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 have been delayed, quote, indefinitely. Yeah. Now, indefinitely, I, I that's one of the words I don't like that people use. Because people see that word and they think that, well, it's canceled. But that's not what indefinitely means. Indefinitely means it's, it's not defined. Right. That there's no time defined for it. Right. Do you think Blizzard's actually going to stop development on Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4? No. It's just they the, don't the know thing is, when it's going to be the, released. The turmoil that's going, over, that's going on over at Activision yeah. Blizzard right now yeah. is involving a good chunk of their senior management, including their yes. vice president who just stepped down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I imagine that previously set deadlines are more like guidelines right now. Yes. They're kind of out the window right now. Right. Uh, I, I, would, I would like it if they said like, if they said like, okay, release date is indetermined at this point. Right. Indefinitely makes people think that they've, it's kind of a clickbaity title where it makes you think that, okay, they canceled it, but right. of course they didn't cancel it. They're, this is their bread and butter. They're not going to cancel that. But yeah, it was supposed to come out this year. I think some of these. Uh, twenty twenty two, both twenty twenty two. Okay, yeah. both of them were switched to twenty twenty two. But now they they're not slated for twenty twenty two at all. Right. It's an undefined release date for both Diablo four and Overwatch two. Right. Which I mean, honestly, you're right. It, it makes a lot of sense. Upper management is in complete disarray and turmoil. Yeah. Their their company model, and and to be fair, they. I, I think their company has a reputation even before the whole scandal hit was kind of oh, taking a bit of a nosedive. It, it totally did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and Blizzard used to be the gold standard, man. Like anything they put out was gold. Yep. But then they stopped making games and they started making money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they're kind of like Valve. If Valve was a bad company. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So the, the last thing they put out was Overwatch and Overwatch was fun. <laughs> I never had I, I I never got into Overwatch as much as I got into other games. I I but did I play say, Overwatch a couple of times. It was interesting. I, say, I liked the mechanics. I, I liked I have the to premise say this. of it. I never played a lot of it, mm -hmm. but I have to say that every time I did play it, I had fun. So uh, there was that. I mean, there's at least to be said, but it never really hooked me into something I wanted to continually and always right. play. Right. Same. Same with me. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like after that, they just really didn't have. Well, they had the did the did their did their card game. Their card game came out after. Yeah, there was Hearth. Overwatch. No, there was Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Hearthstone came out prior to Overwatch. Um, okay. but those are their two most recent IPs. Uh, yeah. we we looked this up a couple of months ago. I believe their last new IP was in 1997 with Diablo. Like it's the last, like beyond Overwatch and Hearthstone. Yeah. 1997 was the last time they came out with an original IP. Yeah. Yeah. They just keep rehashing their old stuff. Right. Which I mean, it's fine. I mean, come on. Nintendo does the same thing. Oh, totally. But they, they, but like Mario, Mario is different Zelda, every single Metroid. time. And Zelda no, is true. a different that's game true. every single time. In fact, I think I just read something today. How many about... times have we done three dungeons, unlocked the the master sword, and then the the evil guy tricks us and takes the triforce, and then we have to solve eight more dungeons, and then we go kill the bad yeah, guy? Yeah, like it's the same damn premise, but they do it so many different ways that but they find a way to reinvent it, and make it fun. Right, it, it's so... reinvented every single time. Yeah, and 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 honestly, Diablo, I'll give them the same thing. Like. I know it's an endless dungeon crawler, loot right. gathering, randomly generated. Like, I get it. I get but it. If it's done well, it's fun. It's fun. If it's done. It's fun if it's done well. I've I've done a lot of ARPGs that are not fun. Right. <laughs> like, they get monotonous and boring. But but Diablo, every time they've done it, they found a way of making it fun. Now right. I still think the pinnacle is Diablo two. Yes. Diablo three was still fun. Not as fun but as Diablo right. two, but I, right. it was all right. I still had a lot of fun playing it. Like it, it wasn't even the best isometric RPG that came out in the last like like Torchlight Two. You could say Torchlight was better. Two. Torchlight Two was a lot of fun. Yeah, I played the heck out of Torchlight Two. Uh, Torchlight Three, unfortunately, was not as good. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know what? Uh, but no, I th I think they they I heard uh, that they were in development of making a team based shooter. Very much like Overwatch, but it was going to be StarCraft. Yeah. And they canceled that. Am one. I finally going to get uh, StarCraft Ghost? No, we're never getting StarCast Ghost. <laughs> so, sorry. Everybody was excited for StarCraft Ghost, and it went by the wayside. That's supposed to be an N64 title. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember when they had a, uh, they were going to make a Warcraft adventure game. Yeah. And they canceled that. Yeah. Well, that's they kind of tried to do that with Warcraft Three. Um, well, they they had the heroes, they had in the there heroes storyline and and, and, and like whatnot, and and they. But it was it was it was supposed to be more like Monkey Island or something like that, right? But with Warcraft, right? Uh, but uh, so Starcraft kind of laid the foundation for introducing heroes, and then. Warcraft 3 introduced having heroes, but having them be like RPG elements inside mm -hmm. of a real-time strategy game, which eventually led to World of Warcraft. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I think the hero concept led to, to Dota, but which because it became a mod. Well, that'd be Valve. Uh, the, right. No, no, no. The first Dota was a mod of, oh, that's World right. of Warcraft. That's right. Or not World of, of Warcraft. Yeah. Warcraft 3. Yeah um and, and and because of the hero concept yeah but yes the mmorpg and hero concept and warcraft just seemed to make sense right and they dominated that for years tribes Which i think they're still kind tribes of, I, think, anyone? I think oh god fuck, I love tribes. <laughs> <laughs> Tri 
Tribes 2 came close, but man, Tribes, the original Tribes just can't. Hold on, that. hold on. Liam says, Ghost leaked. You can kind of play it. Did, can you really? I've never heard that before. I know what I've I'm doing tonight, if that's the case. I, I've seen the leak. They did a leak of the uh, Warcraft adventure game, and I remember playing that a little bit. But I've never heard of a ghost leak. Oops, excuse me. Playable on modded Xboxes. Really? I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I may or may not have just found an Xbox ROM download for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing some footage. Yep. Allows Xbox users to play it. I wonder if it's playable in Xenia. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Although all of those are always so disappointing because they're never really they are. a cohesive right. type of a thing. Yeah. How did I not see that, though? That was in 2020. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> one more news story. One more. One more. And this this, this is one that kind of dovetails into stuff that I think we talked about last time I was on. Yes. Uh, and, and this is like, uh, because Battlefield is kind of near and dear to my heart as one of my most favorite um I guess I guess uh, series series yeah. of games. Yes, uh, so I've loved Battlefield since Battlefield 1942, um, and I've I've loved certain versions of it. Not every single one, obviously, but this one is shaping up to be something that I'm kind of most excited about, mainly because of this particular feature right here that they hinted at when they first kind of announced uh, 2042. But this is where they're going to actually get into a lot of detail about what this is going to entail. And that is the Battlefield Portal. Yes. So Battlefield Portal is their interface that allows the user to basically create the rules for the game that you want to play. Where if you want to make Nazis versus modern soldiers and, you know, uh, <laughs> World War II fighters versus, you know, zombies. modern fighters. I don't think they got zombies in yeah. there, unfortunately. Yeah, hey, you know. Yet. Yet, yet. But everybody was speculating, okay, what's this going to look like? Mm -hmm. uh, they finally announced uh, today uh, the portal, the Battlefield portal. And this article right here pretty much outlines everything that they're going to do. Uh, the maps that they're going to use. Uh, the limitations that you can have, the limitations you can set, what modifiers you can place on the thing, uh, what the parameters you want for the game, uh, all kinds of things that you want to use to customize how you share it. Um, in fact, you don't even have to own the game to be able to go in and start messing around with the settings. Right. You can, once they have this released, uh, if you have a EA account, you can go in there and start messing around with the settings and you can set something up you can't play it unless you have the game obviously but you can mess around with the interface and start creating your own game modes um and it's pretty pretty in depth with what you can do um they have it all the way down to like some rudimentary kind of rules editor 
um, where you kind of piece together rules to kind of make yourself a unique kind of gameplay experience. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about this. This is this is something that's kind of want me to like uh, break my rule of never pre-ordering a game. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to play this. Uh, I, I probably still won't because I just know that there's going to be a bunch of glitches and stuff that they're going to want to have to hash out. Yeah, when it first comes out. But the thing that sucks is it's gonna. It's I think it's gonna be pretty close to being released around my birthday. <laughs> And, uh, man, that's going to be awfully tempting not to pick it up. More games tonight in the after party. I think so. Maybe. Maybe. That, that like was fun. fun last week. I would do that. That was a lot I would of fun do that. last week. I would do that. Uh, last week, me and the mods ventured the Oregon Trail thanks to the net guy. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see if he's got any other Apple II goodness to, uh, to throw our way or... Uh, is Jeff still awake or is that an AI doppelganger? We were joking before the show that I need to get all of my yawns out before I hit stream because holy crap, I am tired today. Yeah. Uh, I, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I had, I've had a rough couple of weeks. Uh, family-wise, work-wise, like everything has just been like, I, I feel like kind of a punching bag for the last couple of weeks. And I'm finally getting out of it and I'm finally like, getting back into the groove and feeling like myself again, but I also have an eight month pregnant wife. And, and so Mm -hmm. I've been, um, kind of picking up a lot of the, the things that she normally handles around the house and, and whatnot. And so I'm burning the candle at both ends and, and trying to keep, you know, (laughs) keep Keep, up the spirits, the stiff stiff upper lip lip and keep, but, But it also wears on you. I mean, yeah, well, I know it does. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, but yes, I, I am. I'm starting that's, to feel better, but I'm just barely starting to catch up on my sleep. So it's more important to have some good-hearted fun with the lads. That's gonna give you. That's gonna give you some. Uh, yes. Some pep in your step. Yeah. Uh, fire up that 2GS. Uh, I need to make sure I still have a 2GS boot disk. I know I have disks somewhere, yeah. but whether or not they still work, I'm actually not sure because I haven't turned that thing on in like five years. Uh, I also have a Mac Color Classic. Uh, so we could Classic. we could do like Color Oregon Trail and, and all, all fun stuff like that. Like, how good are you guys at Swamp Gas? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's get into the weeds for some classic Mac games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, net, last week, uh, NetGuy hosted on original hardware uh, a venture through the Oregon Trail on the after party. Uh, John died, which was hilarious. Of course. He should. Yeah. He's, he's uh, in reality, he is weak. He would die on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't survive, unfortunately. Yeah. He's the one we all expected to die, and yeah. lo and behold. Well, I mean, he is saturated in liquor anyway. Right. So if anybody should be cannibalized and be delicious, it's John. So, He's literally barrel-aged. Right. His meat is barrel-aged. Right. I, I mean... Already. I mean, right What now, I'm hearing is, is if John breaks a leg, we can just grind <laughs> him up in a blender and then serve him as a it's, puree. It's, it's going to be a meterita. It's like it's already imbued <laughs> with liquor in there. Drop in a couple Costco Polish dogs and call it <laughs> That's a day. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What's in the Bloody Mary, John? 
John, this is John. <laughs> uh, oh, net guy. Oh, you are so awesome. Diapers still ain't uh, cheap. This should cover some 2GS retro games. Time for a TRS-80. Most fun I've had in some time. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. A TRS-80, that is old. Given, uh, given Steve a run for his money now. I know. I never had a TRS-80, but I had my cousin did have a TRS-80. I went yeah. over there and played it quite a bit. Yeah, I never had a TRS-80. Um, the the first computer that I remember having in the house was a Macintosh LC2. Hmm. Um, so 1988, 89 okay. era. I, I don't even know if this would be considered a computer because it's kind of a hybrid. But it would be the Atari 1200 XL. Okay, yeah. Which had a full functioning keyboard. Mm -hmm. uh, although it was still kind of a console thing and still took cartridges. But it did have peripherals on it where you can you can plug in a floppy disk drive. You can plug in a plotter printer. You can plug in a tape deck. Uh, there was a basic cartridge. You can, you can, there was a, a rudimentary operating system that you can plug in and use. Uh, it would still play games like a cartridge, like a normal cartridge, like the Atari 800 and 500. Mm -hmm. It still was backwards compatible with those. But if you wanted to use it as a personal computer for doing spreadsheets or whatever, right. they had things for that. So I had that. Yep. But then after that, it probably would have been the Amiga 500. Yeah, that was kind of common. What I had, um, Amiga 500. We, had. we had the, the Macintosh LC2. We had... Uh, we had a couple of PCs kind of around that era as well um, in the 386, 12 megahertz, uh, 20 megahertz kind of range. Uh, the the big jump up for us was when we got the DX2, the 486 DX2, 66 megahertz. Oh, right. Yes, yes. I remember um, those. And all of a sudden, like, oh, it's on. Like, I can yeah. play Wolfenstein. Sweet. Well, back back in the day, my dad worked for digital computing, digital computers, uh -huh. and so uh, he did bring in some deck systems in there. But these were not like right. These were not made for home use. These were like for office use only. Yeah. And he had some just because he worked for them, and so he he brought some home. And I think there was one. It wasn't meant for home use, but you could still play Zork on it. <laughs> so I remember playing Zork on that. Um, I remember at one point my dad was given a laptop for work. And I yep. want to say the laptop was a 486 with a passive matrix 640 by 480 screen, which if you all want to talk about input latency on, 40, a, yeah. on, a, on, a, on a LCD screen, you have no idea what passive matrix even means. Yeah. Uh, but I remember playing... Uh, Gosh, was it Conquer the Deep was the submarine game? Um, Sounds familiar. There was a submarine simulator uh, that I played on that. Uh, uh, there was... There was Tank Wars. There was Jet Fighter 2. Advanced Tactical Simulator, I think was the name of that one. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, lot of games that I played with like two seconds of screen latency. Yeah. I remember, okay, what was? I think I know exactly which sub sub simulator you're talking about. Yeah, I can almost picture the the the, the, case the sixteen bit Tandy graphics. Uh, yeah. Ah yeah. oh, man, I don't remember what it was called. Wasn't Silent Hunter? That's too new. It was before then. 
Silent Service. Silent Service. Look up that one. Silent Service. Yes, that's the one. That is exactly the one. Yep. Microprose. Yep. Yeah, you had the the goggle or the the periscope. The, the, yeah. Yep. Yep. Silence. Yeah. No, I had the box for that. I had everything for that. Yep. Good times. Good times. Good memory. Falcon 3.0. You ever play Falcon? Oh yeah, Falcon. Yep. Well, and I didn't. Play, I never played Falcon, but I knew about it. Yep. Uh, now I just want to play Scorched Earth. Yeah, no, back in the day... Oh, I, Scorched Earth was fun. Back in the day, I uh, so I started with Tank Wars and then later moved on to Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth was the the evolution from Right, Tank Wars. exactly. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Save the pickle beer for Rhett. He'll drink anything. No, no, actually, I, don't no think, he won't. I don't think he will. No, he won't. He won't. I, I will say I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone since the uh, since the filming. Oh, shall yeah. we say of the of the of the beer? Yeah. So the, uh, for those who yeah, haven't uh, seen it, we we drank a seventy five percent beer to yeah. to call an end to John's uh, current studio. Uh, he's moving into a new place and getting a new studio built and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, we drank uh, the Scottish Fire. Uh, which is a seventy-five percent beer. Is it beer? beer? Yeah, yeah. I think it's not really a beer, but whatever. It was um, not good. <laughs> I have to say, you know, honestly, I didn't hate it. It wasn't my most hated beer or, or hated drink of all time. Consumable. But <laughs> I, yeah, I would have to say it is the one that probably gave me the most pain. I think even the next day. I think you caught uh, the worst of that because I, 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 I watched up, the video a couple of times and I'm like, oh, Steve yeah. is Steve is suffering. I don't know what it was. It just hit me wrong. The next day, my throat was still kind of scratchy a little bit. I thought uh -huh. it was coming down with something. I'm like, oh, am I coming down with something? No, no. It's just it burned me that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it was really weird. If you haven't seen the video, the first drink was literally like red hots and scotch yeah uh it was, it was. now also on my first drink it, it, it opened up for like a split second to like citrus and pineapple you were the only one that i was the only one that, that got though. that no one else got that. right but but it was very clear and and i i even got it after waiting 20 minutes and then trying it again i went nope there it is again i get it um which I think just means I'm the best beer reviewer out of all of you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm getting I'm getting these deep hidden notes that just eluded your you just you not just as did sensitive the taste buds. You drank a wax candle before you came, so your throat was coated. You like it didn't matter. <laughs> May have been sipping on a little sensi on the way. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but every single drink was a little bit different, and yeah. and in its own special unique circle of hell. Yeah, it was. It was like taking a sip down Dante's uh, Inferno. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, the first drink was just like, we're going to kill anything that might be able to receive taste. Like, yeah. we're just going to go through and hellfire and napalm. Yeah. The, the funniest thing was, was after we had drank that and the cameras were off, we took some, uh, what was it? Was it Seagram, Seagram 7? 7? We just took some Seagram 7. And it tasted almost like syrup. Like, because it was like it was so sweet. You know what I and, got? And I, I didn't even get sweetness. I got lemon water. Yeah, it was so. It felt so light. It tasted like water had. with like squeezed lemon in it, and that was it. Yeah. That was Seagram Seven. Yeah. Never have I drank like 
I like Seagram 7, and I yeah. I still will occasionally just pour myself a little snifter neat and, and, and sip on that for a while. Never, ever have I accused Seagram 7 of being smooth. Yeah. <laughs> After that, it was smooth. It was, it was kind of a weird, weird phenomenon. Yeah. Now, after having so something so strong and poignant and and harsh, yep. and to go back to Seagram Seven and be like, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> like... Now, now there's also a cut that didn't make it to the video that the Discord got to see, and that is me comparing it to hand sanitizer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That was a fun episode. If you haven't seen that video, go look it up. I yeah, did I did make fun. a post of that. It's on my channel. Uh, you can find Hops and Brews from there. Uh, go watch that video because that was a heck of a lot of good fun. It was fun. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for episode 208 here on Talking Heads. You can catch us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news right here on YouTube. If you like this video, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow Steve into glorious battle i guess yeah. <laughs> uh, on steam you can find me on steam you can find him on steam uh but good luck anywhere beyond that yeah. uh anything else anything else good to the order no i'm good man you good yeah i'm good all right i think that's gonna do it then thank you all so much for watching and as always we will see you right here next week see you guys cheers everyone